Hi, this is Christina Singh, founder of Amplify Her Media and the host of the Amplify Her podcast. I am so, so excited that you're listening to this show right now, and I wanted to invite you to come listen to the Amplify Her podcast as well. Every week on my show, I interview an incredible woman about her story, who she is, and everything in between. My goal is to amplify and uplift women's voices and stories. Women's voices are powerful, and their stories deserve to be heard. So come on over and listen to an episode of the Amplify Her podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, or SoundCloud. I cannot wait for you to hear it. And remember, your voice matters and your story matters. Hello, everyone. I'm Meli Ramirez, and you're listening to Chingonas Only Club, an Amplify Her Media Network production. Today, I'm going to be talking about motherhood and the challenges that come with it. So get ready, get comfortable, and let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome back, everybody. I just returned from Portland, Oregon. It was way too cold for my liking, but they had the most amazing food as usual. So if you're looking for a cool place to visit and you don't mind all the traffic, (laughs) go to Portland. They have really good eateries. So Today, I want to talk to you guys about the challenges of motherhood. And there's a couple of things that come with that because the challenges I feel like are endless. So I want to focus on work-life balance, childcare and housework, social factors, and personal time. Because I feel like those are the most common and the ones that people can relate to more than anything. Before we get started... Let's listen to a little clip from one of my favorite podcasts, The Momster Podcast, with Veronica Castellanos. Hey, I am your host, Veronica Castellanos. Every Monday, tune in because I'll be dropping new episodes with The Momster Podcast. Motherhood can be one of the trickiest things to maneuver through emotionally, physically, spiritually, and I'm going to talk about all the things, the good, the bad, the ugly, and joyful moments as well. So tune in every Monday, the Momster Podcast, part of the Amplify Her Media Network. Okay, so the challenges of motherhood. The primary one, as I mentioned earlier, is work-life balance. So what even is that, right? (laughs) If you're a mom and you work full-time or have a full-time career, you're probably wondering what the hell that is because I know as an active duty sailor, I have been a parent for 12 of my 15 years and work-life balance seems to be this elusive thing that I never really quite figured out. So I looked around and I found a website called thehrzone.com And it defines work-life balance as the level of prioritization between personal and professional activities in an individual's life and the level to which activities related to their job are present in the home. (sighs) I do not like this definition, but most definitions really fall in the similar realm, all having to do with some level of prioritization. And as a first-gen immigrant, I honestly 
never heard this concept until I was well into my adult life. The idea that I had a choice to prioritize certain things above my work was an option alone that just baffled me. I grew up with my mother, working seven days a week, sometimes six. Her days considered her days consisted of intensive labor, for which there was just no really other solution. She worked to survive with her kids, and her coming home in the evenings was simply to rest and just do it all over again the next day. There was never any discussion surrounding her being mentally present for us. There was never any questioning of why she was tired and stressed out. And as her children, we understood that this was just a fact of life that work was the most important thing and that the only means to show you cared for your family was to work for them. And the logic went something like this. I work to survive. I survive to provide for my children. And when I work, I can put food on the table, a roof over their heads and clothes on their backs. This was so normal for many people who grew up below the poverty line. We were the latchkey kids. We weren't the first generation of latchkey kids, but I feel like we were the last. We were the ones that came home to no parents after school, had little to no supervision growing up, and we were incredibly self-reliant as a result. Of course, many children grew up with absentee parents who worked too much while living in a more stable economic situation, and they chose to live for their work. Still, specifically talking about the kids that I relate to, whose parents didn't necessarily have a choice in the matter, and they just had to work. So as normal as everything seemed while we were growing up, this whole self-reliance thing bred a strange anxiety with making sure that I always did things correctly. I was always functioning in the headspace that I assumed I was always on my own. And to this day, I struggle to ask for help when I need it. And all of this I share with you because it has translated into overworking, even when it's detrimental to my mental health. The term work-life balance was honestly laughable for me at one point in my life because the people usually telling me I needed to work on my work-life balance were those without a clue about what they were talking about. Because work-life balance for a mother doesn't come easy. And before I continue, I want to say that I'm not looking for sympathy because there's always one asshole who will get on and say, you chose to have kids. You know, picture the SpongeBob meme. You chose to have kids. (laughs) And that's not what I wanted to share with you all. Yes, I chose to have a family. And you know what? There's people who don't choose to have a family and still struggle with the same thing. The point is that as a woman, you feel like you have to choose. You either choose to have a family or you have to choose to have a career. And the fact of the matter is that you shouldn't have to choose. Okay, so that's why work-life balance is one of the major struggles of motherhood. Because you want to be there for your children and you want to support them. You want to be there through every milestone, through crawling, walking, babbling, talking, whatever the case might be. And that might be the goal. But if you are someone like me who grew up in a totally different non-normal environment like the one I just described and you prioritize work above all else because that's what was ingrained, it's very difficult. 
And it's not because you don't want to prioritize your family. It's because you were taught that through work is how you prioritize your family. And it's this vicious circle of stupid when you think about it out loud. But anyhow, I have three boys. Um, Again, I'm an active duty sailor. I travel a lot for work. And I've missed a lot of things with my kids. Like I mentioned in the previous episode, I've missed a lot of milestones. And there's always guilt behind that. Um, There's always this concern that I'm not doing my best at work when I'm doing my best at home. I'm not doing my best at home when I'm doing my best at work. And someone somewhere, I don't remember who, once said, if you're giving 50% at home and 50% at work, you're giving 100%. And I never thought of it that way. (laughs) I never looked at it that way because it was either all or nothing, right? At least that's the mentality that I grew up with. And so when you try to give more of yourself, if you're giving 50-50, but you're trying to give 60-50, 70-50, if you're trying to function in this manner, you're going to burn yourself out. And I can honestly tell you that I have reached that point multiple times throughout my journey with motherhood. And a lot of women go through this. A lot of women are almost embarrassed when they struggle with things like a sick child at home. They don't want to be seen as a burden. They don't want to be seen by their coworkers as someone who's incompetent because you can't handle your work life. Um, Not realizing that these things you cannot control. And sometimes even if you do understand that life happens and that these challenges are normal and natural, you have assholes who, again, well, if you chose to have a family, we're... Um, And the fact of the matter is that those people, unfortunately, as much as we want to ignore them, a lot of them exist within society, enough of them in positions of authority that we have given their words a lot more power than they should have. And so as women who happen to be moms, we struggle a lot with work-life balance. And so working becomes one of the major struggles of motherhood because every time you accomplish something at work, you know that it had to come at the expense of your family to an extent. I can go on an assessment and I can take care of sailors and I can help people get their pay fixed by traveling and doing my job and continuing to train sailors. But the fact of the matter is that no matter how good I feel about that, it comes at the expense of leaving my kids at home for a week in order for me to go help somebody else. And then when I'm at home for a week and I'm on leave and I'm spending time with my kids and I'm enjoying everything, I come back to 300 emails. (laughs) 300 emails of people who are having issues who are now delayed a week because I wasn't there to answer the question. Even though there's a whole team of people, sometimes there's things that only you're able to do or things that people only want you to do and you feel responsible. And so 
as much as you enjoy time with your family, you come back and you're already overwhelmed before you even get started. And again, it goes into this vicious cycle. And to those women, I say this, at the end of the day, no matter how you were raised and how you grew up, you understand the negative impacts that not having a present parent had on you. Good and bad, because I can honestly tell you that the self-reliance I built is paid off in major dividends as an adult. However, I also built anxiety and stress. And so the ends don't justify the means in my case, in my scenario. And so think of it that way and think of what it is that you want to give your children. Would you rather give them a good memory, give them a good childhood so that they grow up to be healthy adults by the simple act of you being present? Or would you rather give them the best shoes, the best clothes, the best house, the best everything and never be present for them? And I think that's the only sacrifice you should be making is choosing what kind of life you want to give your children and choosing what is important to you. For me, it's always going to be, I would rather be there for my kids than get some kind of accolade at work. 1000%. As moms, we don't get a mother of the year award. (laughs) It's only to say that motherhood is a thankless job and you have plenty of things to feel bad and guilty about. Don't let your work be one of the things that you feel guilty about. If you want to go pursue a career and you have the support of your partner and your kids understand what your goals are, they're going to support you. There was a time when I was a full-time student and my kids knew that mommy had to do homework every evening. And I had specific days of the week that I chose to schedule that homework in. Just like I choose to schedule recording for my podcast at certain times of the day, certain times of the week. My family being aware and knowing that this is something that I enjoy helps me feel less guilty about it. I talk to my kids about work all the time. When I'm going to leave, I make plans of what we're going to do when I come back. I prepare them for the week that I'm going to be gone. I make sure I call them every night and say goodnight. At the end of the day, I feel like I maintain a good balance, but it does get out of hand. And sometimes I have to remind myself like, whoa, reel your ass back in there a little bit because you're overdoing it and you're spending yourself. So just relax. (laughs) And everybody's going to handle it differently. This is simply what works for me. How I've chosen to look at it is just my kids are the most important. My husband's the most important. My home life is my most important. Work is a part of my life, not my life. And yeah, like that I think helps me take a lot of the pressure off from work. The stress, ugh, I wish it would make it disappear. But the pressure of achieving and overachieving and being perfect, that all gets taken care of by knowing that I'm loving my kids as best as I possibly can. Another challenge of motherhood, and I think it's something that a lot of us struggle with as well, is childcare and housework. So as I mentioned, childcare is one of the biggest issues. I can tell you that as a military service member, I have a lot of resources that most mothers don't have to them, like having childcare on base. 
But people think that it's easy. Like that you just, boom, you pop out a baby and then you take them to the child care center on base. And because you're in the military, then you're good. That's not how it works. These child care centers on base are subsidized. And there's a lot, a lot of sailors with families, men and women. And these centers only hold a certain amount of kids, which means that sometimes people are in the waiting list since their mother becomes pregnant. I was on the waiting list for my kids, for all of them, when I was 12 weeks pregnant. My kids didn't get a spot until sometimes until they were six months old, seven months old. That's over a year of waiting for a spot to open for child care. And it's the convenience of it, the fact that it's on base, which is where I work, which means I can pop in where I need to, and that it's subsidized. I paid about... for an infant bi-weekly, depending on what bracket you were. Sometimes you pay a lot more. Sometimes you pay a lot less. It really depends on the income. That's what it's based on. But my point is child care resources are there for military families, and we still struggle with it. As someone who travels all the time, I can tell you that my child care hours don't necessarily align with my travel schedule. There are sailors who work overnights, who work weekends. These child care centers are not available to them, but they're still expected to show up for their night shifts. They're still expected to show up on the weekends. And a lot of our spouses, like my husband, is not a service member. He works at a bank. A lot of people's husbands work night shifts as well. So if you're both working a night shift in your military family who moves, it means that you don't have a family support system. Like most people do. You have your mom, your dad, your brothers, your uncles, your cousins, whole network of people who would assist you maybe in case of an emergency. And we don't have any of that because we move every couple of years and we don't even have neighbors that we know most of the time. And so it becomes really challenging to get steady or stable childcare. And unfortunately, It always tends to fall on the mother. I can tell you that my husband is extremely supportive and he constantly makes sure that he saves his sick days and his leave days and all of those perks of working for his company. He saves all that time for events like this. And I do as well. And thankfully, I've gotten to a point in my career and developed a good relationship with my supervisor that if an emergency comes up with my children, I can pick up the phone and say, hey, can I telework today? I have the ability to do my job from home. My husband has the ability to call off sick in the event that I have something I just can't miss. I don't know, some type of military thing that the world is going to end if I'm not there. (laughs) just kidding. That never happens. I'm not that important, but sometimes people react that way and have to be there. So when things like that happen, um, then I have to come forward as a female service member and say, there's an immediate pang of guilt for myself, even that I'm like, how is it that I have been in the military for 15 years and I still can't get my shit together? I still can't predict the future when my kids are going to get sick and if you do it enough like during the pandemic the height of the pandemic 
when schools were shutting down constantly and daycares were continuously just closing because someone had a sniffle or someone actually tested positive, everything was shut down. Then we were kind of screwed. And it was a and it was constant for parents, right? Single people were like, let me just social distance and wear my mask. And they just got to come to work and it was great or stayed home and it was great. Um, for me, that wasn't sufficient because if one of my kids came in contact with somebody, my whole family was out of commission. And that meant like all three of my kids couldn't go to school, which meant that now I had to quarantine for seven to 10 days in the beginning until they tested negative. And in the beginning, there wasn't even enough tests. So those things nobody can plan for. And even though it was a pandemic and it was the whole world going through it simultaneously, I felt freaking terrible about it. I felt bad. Like I could control the freaking pandemonium that was happening. And this is true for many parents, whether you're in a pandemic state or just a simple cold or flu season, this happens all the freaking time. And you always feel responsible or you feel like you're judged more as a woman. And it's not in your head. You do get judged more as a woman because society has taught us that child care or the primary child care roles are with the woman. Women are constantly the ones that are dealing with their kids, picking them up from school when they're sick, making sure they stay home when they can't go to school, making sure that they're the ones up at night or whatever the case might be. I will tell you that is not my situation. My husband is probably the one that wakes up the most often because I never hear the kids when they're screaming. We are a team when it comes to our children. And we divvy everything up. But that I know for a fact, just from my sailors and my friends and people that I know, acquaintances, that that's not the case for everybody. And so women still have to struggle with essentially being responsible for primary caregivers for their children and that is a huge struggle or issue of motherhood that people still are working on solving and getting their minds around I can't tell you how to fix it because everybody has different resources some people can't afford child care some people have understanding employers others do not um, some people have flexibility while others do not but the point is that this continues to be a huge problem for women who have chosen motherhood and a career or just motherhood in general, because you don't need to be a working mom. You can still be in need of childcare as someone who's a stay-at-home mom. What if you're sick? You're expected to care for all your kids through your sickness. Most usually just get to go to sleep for a couple of days. Women don't have that luxury. And it's something that I think we really just need to reevaluate as a society and find a way to help each other. Because while you have those idiots that are like, you chose to have children. Um, you also have people who are like, women aren't having enough children. <laughs> it's because it's impossible. Okay, so that's why when women choose not to have children, I'm like, good on you, sister. You don't want to know this. This is too much. Because the struggle is real. And I applaud them for being so incredibly fucking brave to just say, hey, like, I'm not going to do this. And those that do, 
also good on you because you got to be an absolute badass to be a mother, honestly. So it takes me to housework, right? I have this extreme thing with cleaning. I'm not one of those like super clean freaks or I'm like scrubbing every corner or anything like that, but I can't concentrate on anything. If I'm going to cook something for myself and there's like dirty dishes in the sink, I can't cook or eat or enjoy anything until it's clean. So I have to clean first. And so my house is usually pretty okay. Like I could get a surprise visitor and I wouldn't want to crawl under a rock because I don't want to let him in my house. It might be a little messy with toys, but the house is lived in. Like I have children. But the fact that these chores related to housework are also tied to the mom. And moms are expected to be mothers, caregivers, and maids. Right? I stay-at-home moms. I feel so so bad for them because they do a hard job of caring for their children primarily doing all of the childcare, never having a moment to themselves. And then on top of that, maintaining a house. That's a lot. That's a lot to put on a person. And even if you're just doing one of those things at a time, that's still a lot. And again, when you have an absent partner or someone who believes that these are your responsibilities as a woman, as a mother, as a wife, and you're getting no help, It can drive you crazy and like honestly drive you to just depression and just mental health issues because all of this stuff just piles up. And that takes me to the social factors. I think society has put us in a box as women, right? We're either the good moms or the bad moms. We are the Women who choose to have their careers and our family come secondary or they ping us as women who can't do their job right because they're always putting their family as primary. No matter what you do as a mom, you're always going to be judged in society. And it's really unfortunate, but it does happen. And I always tell people to try to watch things with empathy and to be kinder and patient to one another because... It doesn't mean that parents get extra consideration. I have sailors who are single with no children, and I have sailors who have children. I am 1,000% transparent about how we treat each other. So if my sailor with children is asking for time off, I am transparent about the time off that I give them to my sailors without children. So I have the same consideration. If they ever ask me for a day off to take care of something personal, I give them the same consideration that I would somebody else because at the end of the day, they're both dealing with personal matters who can qualify as the same level of importance depending on who you're asking. So I think to help the social stigmas that people have against mothers and this work-life balance issues, the child care issues, the household issues, is honestly treating people with dignity. At the end of the day, if you know of a mom who's struggling... Don't assume that it's because that's how she wants to live her life. Give them a little bit of patience and offer the same patience to the people who are not parents. Because when you only do it to parents, it's almost like you're isolating them in front of their peers and causing resentment because you are showing extra consideration. I'm not telling you to show extra consideration for anybody. 
I'm telling you to show everybody the same consideration because everybody has their own things that they're dealing with. I'm specifically addressing things about motherhood and the struggles that we deal with and these things that maybe people without children are completely unaware of. And this was brought on by a recent article about a woman who killed her children. And there was a whole group of people who sparked this conversation of how they felt bad for her. And I know you think a woman killed her children and they feel bad for the mother. The mother had severe signs of postpartum depression, just like the Andrea Yates case. If you guys don't know that one, look it up. It's pretty horrifying. But everyone knew this woman had postpartum depression. She told her doctors, her husband, her family, I'm having horrific thoughts about killing my children. And nobody paid attention. Her husband did. And the minute her husband turned his back on her and went out to get food, he came back and she had killed all of her children. And this is rare. This is a rare case. I want to make that known. Not everybody who has postpartum depression is going to go and off their children. That's not what that means. It's a very small amount of people who actually end up acting on these thoughts. What I'm saying, it's hard. These emotions and these things that happen in your mind are all impacted by all of the things that I just talked about. If you have a baby and it's your first baby, you don't know how to deal with the social issues, the childcare, the work-life balance, the housework. And all of a sudden, when you were an absolute badass at life, you're suddenly feeling completely inadequate and equipped to do your job, to fulfill your role. And that can take a complete toll on you. And we have to pay attention as people, I always talk about showing each other just some kindness and this is one of those times where I think that as women we deal with a lot of shit right we're constantly being stigmatized as something bad moms good moms crunchy moms stupid moms (laughs) whatever it is as women, we're, we always get put in this fucking category, whatever it is. And to have to deal with being a parent and raising humans into who are going to become contributing members of society someday, you would think that people would be more invested in helping us ensure that those people are raised in a good environment. And it really does take a village. And that doesn't mean that you're responsible for raising my children. Again, I'm not asking for pity. What I'm asking is understanding. Understanding that my children are more important to me than anything. My husband and I have made that decision together to put our children above everything else. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that... I am less committed to my work, that I am less enthusiastic about life, that I have it all figured out because I don't, (laughs) or that 
I'm responsible for every single issue that comes up with them. I have a partner in this. A lot of people don't. There's people who are single parents and have to go at this alone. And if you understand the effort that it takes to be a mom, I ask that you remember that when you're seeing someone struggling, when you see a mother struggling. Don't judge them. If their kid is being an asshole, guess what? Sometimes kids are fucking assholes. My kids are assholes sometimes. And it's okay. I can say that. It's true. Okay? Sometimes they're rude. Sometimes they're mean. Sometimes they're just flat out crazy. It's okay. They're testing boundaries. They're figuring out who the hell they are. It happens. It doesn't mean that... I want to be judged for it. My children are going to grow up to be their own people. And all I can do is my best to teach them between right and wrong now so that they grow up to be decent adults. But ultimately, they are their own humans with their own autonomy to make choices and create or destroy or whatever it is that they want to do. Don't judge me if my kid is an asshole. It doesn't mean that's what I taught them. You have no idea what the circumstances in their upbringing were. Don't judge me for traveling away from my children and leaving them alone constantly with their father. That is probably the best possible human being on earth for them to be with. And you have no idea and or you have no right to assume that he's not capable of it don't judge me if I come in late to work because my kid missed the bus he did that this morning missed the bus I had to turn back around and take him to school it doesn't mean I come in late every morning it doesn't mean I plan to come in late it doesn't mean I was taking my sweet time and was gonna be late and did it intentionally it just means my kid didn't keep track of time and that's it. I turned around, took him to school, had an opportunity to kiss him goodbye at the front of the school, embarrass him in front of his friends. He's not going to do it again. <laughs> so again, give moms some consideration. I say give all women some consideration because we deal with a bunch of bullshit, but this episode is specifically talking about the challenges of being a mother. On top of the fact that, again, we're stuck with the pressure of having to raise good human beings. And so, in conclusion, at the end of the day, moms rule the world. Honestly, they are the pillars of society. (laughs) They are the cornerstones of every single behavioral thing that you know of. So just remember that the challenges of motherhood in the modern world are pretty freaking insane. And with all of the things that are happening today that our parents never had to deal with, these are also uncharted territories. So we're all trying to figure it out. We're all trying to get our shit together. So just leave me alone. Give us some time to get there. And with that, I will end the show. So until next week, 
I love you all. Thank you for listening. Go give your mom a hug. Tell her thank you for being awesome and apologize for you being an asshole. And that's it. Adios. We are all works in progress. What if we took that a step further, pausing for a moment to ask ourselves, what else is possible? What if you were to just be with the question so that you can then choose something different for your life, not having to seek out any answer? So join me, Carmen Shields, on the Discovering Amazing Possibilities podcast every other Wednesday. Get curious about your life. What amazing possibilities have you not considered in your life today? 